That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. The pages of the diary began to blow, as though caught in a high wind, stopping halfway through the month of June. Mouth hanging open, Harry saw that the little square for June the 13th seemed to have turned into a minuscule television screen. Trembling slightly, he raised the book to press his eye against the little window, and before he knew what was happening, he was tilting forwards. The window was widening, he felt his body leave his bed, and he was pitched headfirst through the opening in the page into a whirl of color and shadow. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the restricted section, in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we are talking about today. Chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary. In this chapter, Hermione recovers from her stint as a cat and Harry finds an apparently blank diary in Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. He becomes a little obsessed with it and eventually realizes that when he writes in it, it writes back. It takes him into the memories of Tom Riddle from 50 years ago, where Harry learns that Hagrid was the one who opened the Chamber of Secrets and controlled the monster all those years ago. Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, your Valentine, Christina. <laughs> Just kidding. So Just kidding. I would never send you a poem. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's a lot of effort to get a whole poem together. And then and then to get the dwarf to deliver is just like this whole last thing. We're, we're not going to get into it. This week, we're talking about chapter 13, The Very Secret Diary. Da-na-na. It's such a juicy chapter title. Grace, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Christina. Thank you so much for asking. It's a beautiful day. So sunny here. Temperature is perfect. Feeling really good. Hell yeah. That's what I like to hear for the one month that it's going to be fall before it gets into gross winter here in Virginia. If yeah. even that, honestly. <laughs> Mary Payton, how are you today? I'm great. Um, I got a new puppy. Hell yeah. So I'm like pretty puppy drunk right now. <laughs> Nothing's that bad. Every time I look at him, it's like I've seen him for the first time. He's so stinking <laughs> cute. <sighs> Anyways, what? that's really all that matters. What breed is he for the listeners? He's a blue nose pity. <laughs> and, and what's his name? His name is Hawkins. I just can't stand it. I know. So good. We were really it's choosing, so good. We were really choosing between Hawkins and um my vote was Nugget. Mm, wow. Somehow that didn't win. So I think I'm still going to call him Nugget. <laughs> it's like it is a nickname. I call Penny Nugget, but that's because she sits like a straight up like loaf of bread, you know, yeah. <laughs> my little ginger cat. With her, with her coloring, I thought maybe she resembled the chicken nugget. Oh my God. <laughs> She's a chicken nugget. This is canon now. He's a spicy chicken nugget. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Okay, and our very special guest today is Tiffany Hawthorne, copywriter and blogger. Tiffany, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Will you tell us a little bit about your very hairy history? 
Okay, my Harry Potter history. Um, well, first of all, I'm 35. I'm going to be one of those people that's like 85 years old, still repping Gryffindor. <laughs> Young adult fantasy is just always going to be my favorite. But I started reading Harry Potter in 1998. My I was in Arkansas for the summer and I went to my Uncle London's house and I guess the Chamber of Secrets had just come out. And so my he had bought a copy of it for my cousin. And I saw it on her her nightstand. And I'm one of those people that go to someone's house. And if I see books, I'm definitely going to be looking at your bookshelf, trying to see what's on there. So I picked up the book, probably read the cover, felt like it was all for me. So I read that book that weekend. So I actually read The Chamber of Secrets before I read anything else. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, later on that summer, I was taking a train back to Delaware, which is where I lived. And my grandmother, she she knew I was a big reader. So she bought me the um, Sorcerer's Stone for me to read on the way back to Delaware. So I actually read the Sorcerer's Stone while I was riding on a train, which is really pretty cool. Reading that's about amazing. That's so, that's so funny because ride. reading the Sorcerer's Stone probably answered so many questions you had from reading yeah. The Secrets. Yeah. So did you say you're a Gryffindor? Yeah, I'm Gryffindor. Every single test I take, every single time I'm Gryffindor with Hufflepuff not very far behind. Okay, cool. Yeah. I love the combo. Yeah. I'm a Hufflepuff yeah. myself. You might be able to tell because I'm wearing a yellow shirt today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you here to talk about the very secret diary. It just like sounds like like a like a like a middle grade book, you know, like, I don't know, just like juicy, yeah. like high school, like the very secret diary. It starts with Hermione is in the hospital wing, because if you may remember at the end of the last chapter, she was a surprise cat. So she's been in the hospital wing for several weeks. They take her her homework and um, she gets a get well soon card from Lockhart that she puts under her pillow to sleep with. I just love that every single time he writes something, even something as short as to Miss Granger, wishing you a speedy recovery. His, ta- what do you call that? Signature? Autograph. Is like, his autograph is like three lines long. Yeah, he mm-hmm. has to name all his, um, his, all his accolades. What was yes. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a Khaleesi title right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his title is almost as long as Hermione is in the hospital wing. I mean... <laughs> I couldn't believe how long she was in there, man. Yeah, seriously. It's quite some time. Um, I mean, I guess it's like she seems like she's fine when they go to visit her. She's like, give me this homework. I need something to do. But like, it's probably I mean, I'm sure it's just to like obscure her grotesque recovery from people. Because she probably (laughs) looks like halfway between cat and human. That's a fucked up creature. And can you imagine like, God bless Madame Pomfrey who puts up a um yeah the curtain curtain around her she like knows what it's like to be in middle school like if any of these children saw her that way she'd be ruined forever yeah yeah we talked in the last episode about how madame pomfrey probably has an agreement with dumbledore where he was like hey like you need to be able to like um keep the like the confidence of these kids they need to know that they can come to you with anything so we think that she probably has like a rule with herself that she doesn't take anything to Dumbledore unless it seems like it's like evil and not just shenanigans. But I still feel like she's doing something very awesome here by just being like, don't worry, I got this like and fixing it. (laughs) Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. She is the unsung hero of this series to be perfectly honest. (laughs) (laughs) I totally agree. 
<laughs> so Ron and Harry are walking back to the common room or whatever from the hospital wing, and there's a flood outside the bathroom again. Which bathroom? You know which one. The only fucking bathroom in this whole book series, except <laughs> the prefix bathroom in like two yeah. But the only bathroom, and Filch is fucking mad because it's a. I mean, it's messy, and also he has geographical trauma in this area, so he probably just shouldn't even be patrolling the area anyway. But yeah, he's fucking mad. So it's flooding because Myrtle is sobbing hysterically, and the boys go into the bathroom, and it's like soaked everywhere, like real, like real explosive water situation. Someone has thrown a book at her into her toilet slash at her. And I love that Harry says the very dumb thing of, well, it couldn't hurt you, right? It goes right through you. <laughs> yeah. He's like uh, genuinely asking though. He's like confused. He's like, wait. <laughs> he just doesn't yeah, I, re- realize I, what he's saying. And Myrtle is always so delicate, like at oh all times. God. Especially so when fragile. reminded about her, very the fact that she's dead. <laughs> Even <laughs> though she was chilling in the Yubin thinking about thinking death, death. <laughs> <laughs> just not her death yeah mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. so uh, dr- daydreaming of other people's death <laughs> <laughs> kind of creepy i don't know if um the well i don't know if you guys talk about the movies as well but i in the movie it was actually wait 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 did did harry say it or did ron I think in the movie, Ron does say it. Because they, the yeah, yeah, yeah. they give yeah. Ron all the stupid. All the, to make him look yes. bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they want him to be yeah. as stupid as possible. Whereas <laughs> in the book, in this scene, Ron is the smart one. Because he's like, don't, yeah. touch, don't touch that book, dude. Don't you know what mm-hmm. will happen? <laughs> yeah, so he yeah. he has like the, the cautious reflex, which is pretty uncharacteristic for Ron. It goes to show that he like actually has been really paying attention to like his dad's stories and stuff. Yeah. So someone threw the book at Moaning Myrtle and she flushed it out of the toilet with her water. So like, and so like the book's been sitting across the bathroom this whole time. I feel like she like can't move it herself. She can only like Mm. use water to move it. She has, she's like literally a naiad. She's like a water spirit. You know what I mean? Like the only physical world substance she can really interact with, I think is water. And that's why she floods stuff. So I just think it's interesting that like, she's not able to even like touch this book. She had to, like, mm-hmm. get it out by, like, flushing it out. Yeah. And I have a question related to her. Do you think it floods because she... It seems like every time she cries hysterically, it floods. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if she, who must not be named, is trying to imply that her crying is so much that it floods it? Yeah, that's a good question. I I always got the impression that she, like, has this control over the water and she kind of, like, loses control when she cries. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that better. I mean, I think my little kid brain, you know, when I read this the first time, did assume she just crying a lot. So like a cartoon with <laughs> yes, like, just yeah, like, just gushing. like gushing water. But that mm-hmm. makes much <laughs> less sense. I like the water bending idea. <laughs> yeah, she's basically a water bender. Mm-hmm. That's my that's my take. So Harry goes to pick it up and Ron tries to, st- Ron does physically stop him with his arm. Like, he physically is like, don't do that. And it's crazy. Harry just ignores him. He's like, well, we need to figure out what it is, which like, you don't need to figure out what it is. You could report it. No. Oh, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like, and I think Tiffany might agree with me too, because of what she said earlier, but like, I feel like if someone threw a book in a room, I would definitely go inspect and find it and possibly keep it, even if it came out of the toilet. Like, what, what's going on here? 
toilet book. <laughs> I'm just imagining, um, I don't know if you guys have seen Mean Girls, but, you know, Regina George was like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> and I'm just imagining the book like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> Leave it alone. <laughs> um, so Harry picks it up. It's He looks at the cover. It's 50 years old and it belonged to a T.M. Riddle. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, lightning, thunder. Ron immediately recognizes that name from the trophy room because he accidentally barfed slugs over a bunch of times and had to like clean it up more than once. Mm-hmm. T.M. Riddle got an award for special services to the school. So we recognize the name, but then when Harry opens the book, it's empty. So then he just takes it. He he. Okay, so he gets like hooked on. It's like the one ring. He's like attached to it now. He like puts it in his pocket. He can't quite explain it. He just like takes it with him. I think it's so interesting, you know, that Harry notes that, um, where, what does it say? Harry turned to the back cover of the book and saw the printed name of the news agents in Vauxhall Road, London. And then he says he must have been muggle-born. And I just think that's so interesting because we know now that Tom Riddle is a half-blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also like the heir of Slytherin trying to like promote all these pure bloods and um, get rid of all of these non-pure bloods and i just i don't know i just think it's so interesting that like we have this detail in here that this diary which becomes a horcrux or is a horcrux at this point obviously is like connected in some way to tom riddle's like muggle past which he's tried so hard to erase yeah i just think it's a muggle relic exactly and i'm just like why would he choose the diary as a horcrux when there's this connection to yeah to the to his muggle lineage that he um hates so much that's a really good question and um i kind of have some notes about that later too about like what like what is the significance of the diary to him truly and like why does he choose to like memorialize is that the right word like like yeah, pre- it, preserve yeah. the, this mm-hmm. version of himself because he created the Horcrux when he committed his first murder, which I don't think is at this time. Uh, I was his first murder. Myrtle wasn't it at the rocks or at the um Whoa. where they find the locket? Oh Jesus Christ! I don't think Myrtle counts because it's like the basilisk. Mm. That's my personal, like, that's not enough of, like, a violent murder to, like, become, to, like, make a horcrux with. Mm. Okay. Okay. I I didn't write these rules, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. know. That's why we got to talk about it. Yeah. It It is strange because, you know, I want to write it off as just, like, maybe he didn't think about it. But he is, he's so obsessed with symbols and the power that things especially belonging to him can hold um mm-hmm. so he had to have thought of it in that way and maybe it was like he felt like he had conquered that part of himself um that he was getting rid of that like he's he's preserving it but also he's like i get what you're saying so like like he is kind of just being like goodbye to like my childhood self. Like I'm like, I, I'm a man now and like, I'm like on to bigger and better things. And like, I'm going to put all of this history and however naive I was and like all of my muggle 
my lingering muggle stuff into this horcrux and like goodbye forever and he preserved himself at his high school peak as like head boy and like just about get special services to the school reward and just like killing the the mudbloods left and right (laughs) yikes (laughs) pure tom riddle bliss yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, so Harry gets like immediately haunted by this book. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're all like curious about it. Hermione gets out of the hospital wing finally, and like she's curious about it. She also she's also looking pretty good. She doesn't have any fur anymore. Um, yeah, feeling and, extra confident. Yeah, extra days. confident. She's like, I've come back from being a cat. I can do anything. <laughs> um, so Hermione puts two and two together that the diary's fifty years old, and the Chamber of Secrets was opened fifty years ago. So, like, they must be connected because this is happening all in the same book. And so, what if he got his award for special services to the school for catching the heir of Slytherin? Wouldn't that be crazy? (laughs) Um, Hermione tries some spells to, like, reveal some invisible ink or whatever, but no no dice there. Um, And then Harry just kind of uh, gets obsessed with it for a little bit. Yeah. Why do you guys think? Sorry. Uh, why do you guys think that um, he has this special connection? Do you think that it's like a Horcrux and Horcrux situation? Yeah. He was talking about how he, like, the name T. M. Riddle was just familiar to him, even though he had no clue, like, no logical reason for that connection to be there. And I was thinking that must be the Horcrux. Like, that's the, the small part of Voldemort's soul must recognize his own name so i don't know if it was harry really being connected to it or if it was just that piece of voldemort that was inside of him that was connected to it but yeah i definitely think that there was some kind of a a horcrux shenanigans going on (laughs) i mean that line of um it says tm riddle before oh sorry heard the name tm riddle before it still seemed to mean something to him um Almost as though Riddle was a friend he'd had when he was very small and had half forgotten, which, like, you know, the Horcrux was made within him when he was very small. Yeah. And he doesn't have any, he gets, like, flashes of that night, but he certainly doesn't have any memory of that Horcrux being created within him. But I think he would have that connection from that time when he was very little and can't really remember yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I kind of at first thought it was like just classic Horcrux haunting magic depression. Um, but like he doesn't <laughs> seem depressed here. He seems kind of like enchanted. And the definitely the locket in the last book like really weighs on him a la the one yeah. ring. Just like just like such a burden. And we don't really get to see him um or anyone really interact with any of the other Horcruxes, right? Is that right? Like they have like the cup for some amount of time or whatever, but like um the the diary and the locket are the only things that really stick around. Do I have that yeah. right? Yeah, I mean I the only so. the only one I can remember being a burden on any of them is the um when they wear it. Yeah. yeah, and the rain with um with Dumbledore was oh, cursed. Oh yeah, Ooh. oh yeah, that was like straight up cursed though. Like that mm-hmm. happened right away. That, yeah. that 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 was like a murder curse. Yeah, that's like the worst kind. <laughs> the worst kind of <laughs> <It> curse. <is. laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, so he gets like kind of enchanted, almost like yeah, just like it. It's like a nagging thing. Um, 
to him like constantly. They go to the trophy room to try to get some more information about Tom Riddle. They see that he, um, in addition to his award for service to the school, he also got a medal for magical merit and is on an old head boy list. And then Ron's like, he sounds like a real kiss ass to me, top of his class. And Hermione's like, wah, I'm top of my class. I know. <laughs> She's so <laughs> hurt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, be nice. She's cool now. She turned into a cat by accident to do something against the rules. It's pretty she, badass. She's breaking so many rules these days. I know, I'm proud of her. She's, like, eager to do it, too. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. do you have any more leads? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, tell me everything. She wants to get back into it. Yeah. She's had a taste of the dark side or the That's bad right. side. <laughs> she's like, I-, I can use my brains for good and evil. hmm So then it's, like, this, like, little, like, descriptive interlude starts. Spring is a-coming. The sun comes back out. Everyone's feeling good because it's been a long time since the last attack. Um the mandrakes are becoming moody and secretive, which is an indicator of their maturing. And then crazy person, Professor Sprout is like, and soon I'm going to chop them into pieces and put them in a stew. (laughs) Just so traumatizing. Naturally. I can't imagine dicing and preparing a mandrake. Uh, That would, uh, yeah, I tried to imagine it earlier when I was reading, but I just, how do you separate that? Do they scream? Like, let's go oh, I'm sure. That's just terrible. That's why yeah. I can't, um, no offense to anyone that raises animals for meat, um, but like I could never own, you know, like raise goats or chickens to eat them because no. I'll befriend all of them. I'm like, no, babe. <laughs> it would be so sad. God, babe. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, I just tell myself that the mandrakes are kind of the consistency of like a potato and I'm like, okay. It's a little bit better. Yeah. That's, that's what I think, true. too. I just, I mean, you know, they'd still a be potato. like cute and pudgy. <laughs> <laughs> a screaming. potato with acne. So cute. Ew, uh, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, and it seems like everyone's forgetting about all their troubles, except for Ernie fucking McMillan, McMillan the world's worst Hufflepuff, giving us all a bad name. Um, and also Peeves, B and Peeves. Mm-hmm. Those are like the mm-hmm. only two people who still think Harry is the heir of Slytherin. <laughs> Ernie. Oh my gosh, I hate that guy. Um, but one thing that I thought in this description that was really just I thought it was funny. It says, "Perhaps the heir of Slytherin had lost his or her nerve." Thought Harry. It must be getting riskier and riskier to open the Chamber of Secrets with all the with the school so alert and suspicious. Blah blah. blah. I just thought, like, the wording to say it's getting riskier and riskier to open the Chamber of Secrets was so interesting because it makes it sound like it's, like, it's opening and then it's closing and then it's opening Mm -hmm. and then it's closing. And, like, the writing on the wall saying, like, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. I'm like, that bitch is open, you know? Interesting. And so, so, like, I'm just, like, imagining Jenny Weasley, like, gotta go update the wall again. (laughs) The chamber of secrets is closed. Please try tomorrow. (laughs) Like one of those, um, one of those signs when you do the drive through at the bank. Yes. Which you guys know I do a lot. And uh, (laughs) Mary Payne loves that bank drive through. I don't know why I'm always there, but, uh, (laughs) but they like flash green open and then red. Yes. Just like that. I guess it's like the wording here is a little ambiguous because I mean, is it always open? Because Harry has to open it when they go there. So, like, mm-hmm. is is Ginny, like, periodically letting 
the basilisk out like maybe the chamber of secrets has been opened is kind of like that new coffee shop on the corner is now open and it's like uh, that doesn't mean permanently it means yeah. bet- between the hours of 6 a.m and 2 p.m we're right. away for lunch right now we'll be back in 30 minutes <laughs> yes i think yeah. the chamber of secrets holds like post office hours like the worst. <laughs> I think of it as like it's been opened as in I think she uses the term open to mean like unlocked and mm. open. So that mm-hmm. is kind of confusing because I imagine the Chamber of Secrets has been open, meaning someone has figured out where it is and how to unlock it. But it can be open and closed technically. So really the wall should have said, Jenny, the wall should have <laughs> said the Chamber of Secrets has been unlocked. She's well, work on her syntax. Or maybe it's just like incomplete. Like she was trying to write the Chamber of Secrets has been opened and closed again. Don't worry. But like she ran out of time. <laughs> she ran out of chicken blood. She ran out of chicken blood. That part's important, Jenny. Maybe start with that part. Start with that part. <laughs> Semantics. I thought it was, um, yeah, that part I thought was cool too because. You know, he's thinking like, wow, it hasn't happened in a while. Interesting. All the while he's holding the diary. Oh, yeah. And the reason that it hasn't been is because she got rid of the diary. She mm. figured it out, threw it out, and he's yeah. holding it, but he hasn't actually used it yet. So yeah. Harry does a lot of not putting two and two together in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. But also being part of the reason for everything. If not yep. the whole reason. <laughs> I'm just going to elbow my way into this situation, make it worse, and tell no one. And Perfect. almost have no idea, really. <laughs> so now we move on to my favorite part of the chapter. My favorite parts of any Harry Potter book are the excruciatingly awkward, like, romantic encounters. There's a lot of them. Definitely this early in the series, they're rare, but they get worse. As y'all know, my favorite, my favorite scene in the entire book series is that date at Madame Puttyfoot's. Okay, that is my favorite scene. We move to a, a very Lockhart Valentine's Day, which is just amazing. And I'm the kind of student who would have been like, this is awesome. A lot of people are going to be very uncomfortable. <laughs> so he... Quote, Gilderoy Lockhart seemed to think he himself had made the attack stop, unquote. Oh, my God. So then he's like, we need to lift everyone's spirits. As a morale booster, he he does, like, the Hogwarts Valentine's Day, which, like, isn't a thing in later books, probably because he ruined it. But, mm-hmm. like, he doesn't, he doesn't execute it very well, but, like, bless this man, he is trying. It's, thought, it's thoughtful of him. <laughs> It is, and it actually surprises me. I know that maybe it's because at this point everyone believes that anything he does is just going to be annoying, anyways. Um, but it surprises me the way she describes each of the professors being like so just disgusted by yeah. every part of Valentine's Day. It seems like, and I, I know that it's more of a you know like it's a lot more fun when you're in elementary school and you've got a little bag that you put at your desk i don't know how they would do it but you put a little bag at your desk and you get valentines from literally everyone because you have to give a valentine to everyone <laughs> yeah that's when valentine's compulsory really valentines <laughs> yes. that's the best the joy i mean he really tries his hardest here he is wearing quote lurid pink robes um i had to look up that word for those who don't know it means unpleasantly harsh or unnaturally brightly colored wow 
So like like an ungodly pink. Mm. And as someone who likes pink, I don't know, I'm thinking almost like highlighter pink. Yeah. I think almost like like it's it hurts to look at it. Like Yeah. Like not quite as subdued as the umbrage pink, like a little mm. like more aggressive, but that same like tone, you know? Yes. Yes. I do wish that that had been depicted in the illustrated edition. That would have been cool. I would have liked to see it. And they skip this whole ass thing in the movies because I get it. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. But can you imagine the slapstick (laughs) humor of what is to come? Wow. And I think I'm with you, Mary Payton, that like it sucks that the teachers don't support him. But he goes on to say that Professor Snape will whip you off a love potion. And yeah. Flitwick will do some other thing. I don't remember. And like, like Snape, the love potions are very serious. We come to realize in later books, like Snape's yeah. probably like, no, I fucking will not. Like, yeah, you idiot. Yeah. Like, not only do I not like your energy right now, but you're also lying on my behalf. So could you mm-hmm. please stop? Keep my name out your mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so he's like, Pip, pip, everyone. I have a special announcement. He introduces a dozen surly dwarfs who come into the breakfast hall wearing golden wings and carrying harps. And he says they will be delivering valentines, which this setup is never a good setup. To circle us back to mean girls again with the candy canes. Three for you, Glenn Coco. Man. This just feels with the dwarves and everything, it just feels so exploitative. I'm like, what is happening? I'm picturing would- them as like grumpy old like cigarette smoking dwarfs wearing like di- diapers. <laughs> diapers, you know? like look like the cupids. <laughs> Yeah, like, where does, I uh, get them. I, I really so want to know questions. Yeah, like how contractually this works yes. because um, I know we'll get into it, but like they don't look happy when they're coming in, and then <laughs> nope. when that the dwarf is trying to sing to Harry, he acts like if he doesn't, he's gonna be like killed or something, or <laughs> or he's gonna make a ton of money for doing it. I don't know. There's some reason that he, even though they're all grumpy about it, has to deliver this. Seems like the stakes are high, for sure. Am I the only one that was a little bit disturbed by how happy Lockhart was to receive, like, lovey-dovey Valentines from, like, kids? They're, like, ages, what, 11 to 17 (sighs) or 18. He got 46 of them, and he's just like, oh, thank you. It is certainly Mm -hmm. alarming. I feel like like he's, like, too dumb to be like, I should discourage this. Yeah. He's probably just like, they love me. Yeah, yeah, he just loves adoration. Me. He would probably say he's used to it, you know. Yeah. This is just comes with the fame, Harry. <laughs> they can't help themselves. It's just so amazing. <laughs> I almost imagine that these dwarves work for, like, an entertainment company, and they are, like, more used to, like, stripping than mm-hmm. this, but, like, this is, like, in their wheelhouse. Wow, I like that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, theory. and that's why they're so serious is because, like, the rules are a little more rigid for, like, a proper stripper, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't strip I in Hogwarts. <laughs> At least not in front of the kids. I don't know about in the, in the dungeons. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> Teacher's only stripping party! <laughs> okay, so one of the dwarves comes for Harry, like a horror movie. 
Um, he goes, he goes, Oi! <laughs> Oi! It's your Harry Potter. <laughs> it says he quote, he's quote, twanging his harp in a threatening sort of way, unquote. <laughs> um, Harry's hard to do, actually. Yes, a vicious, <laughs> a vicious harp twang. Harry does not consent to this encounter. No. For, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Um, he tries to flee the scene. The dwarf grabs his bag to keep him there, and it rips, spilling stuff everywhere and breaking ink bottles all over everything. It's actually chaos for, like, several for several lines. Malfoy rose, rolls up. Harry's frantically trying to get all his shit in his bag. Percy rolls up. Harry's just trying he's trying to do everything he can and the, I, I like wrote down so many quotes because it's just so funny this is like peak that bitch writing like i love quote losing his head harry tried to make a run for it but the dwarf seized him around the knees and brought him crashing to the floor like he just loses his head like i love it's he's just like fuck <laughs> especially especially once draco around the corner he's just like i have to get out yeah. And it's it seems like this where I'm like Harry is definitely an introvert, dude. He can see like he like is short circuiting right now. Yes, this is one of those rare instances where Harry has like a fight or flight experience, and he goes for flight instead of fight. <laughs> I love and it. That's I, a good point. I love it too. He's just so awkward. He's like, I'll never survive. <laughs> and I love uh, the image of the dwarfs then sitting on his ankles. Like he's like just sitting on his ankles and Harry has to be lying on the ground <laughs> being sat on by a dwarf while he listens to this song. <laughs> while everyone watches. And his stuff is just spilled everywhere. He can't even get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. So embarrassing. Oh, worst case scenario. I'm probably the most extroverted person I know and this still sounds like an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> Um, Harry tries to laugh it off. Other people are, quote, crying with mirth, unquote. Christina, you want to sing the song for us? Oh, yeah, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Break out your harp. <laughs> it better twang. Twang. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. His eyes are as green as a fresh pickled toad. His hair is as dark as a blackboard. I wish he was mine. He's really divine. The hero who conquered the Dark Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew is a much better singer than me. It's just such a throwback to when really a middle school or elementary schooler writes poetry and they would think that this is really good because things rhyme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Blackboard, sure. Throw that yeah. in there. Nothing more romantic than having your eyes compared to a fresh a fresh toad. toad. <laughs> that is sexy. That's peak sexiness right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, um, uh, I took many writing classes in college, but one of them, I think my junior year. So should have been people who had been writing for at least a little while. Um in a fiction class and this one story that we read by a girl she described a boy's eyes as poop brown wait Ew. wait 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 that's an expression that i use a lot are you sure you're not conflating stories were you in my class <laughs> um my beloved good friend alexis i she calls her own eyes poop brown and now i just kind of throw it out there whenever i'm talking about brown-eyed people without really realizing that it's an insult <laughs> maybe she was in the class but it, this was a story about like this was 
supposed to be a sexy guy. You don't. You just don't mention poop at all, then. No, Uh it it was the most jarring detail I've ever read (laughs) in my life because the rest there was no humor. Like it's not. It wasn't supposed to be funny. What a weird choice. Oh, it was just terrible. Oh my god. There's just like a lot of different shades of brown you could go with. Mm -hmm. Without resorting (laughs) to poop. (laughs) You never have to resort to poop, okay? I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Okay. All right. What happens? So then Malfoy picks up the diary. He thinks it's Harry's. He's an idiot. The only thing he ever has wanted in this whole book is in his hands. And he is just an idiot. He wants so desperately to be the heir of Slytherin, killing all these mudbloods. And he just wants, he, instead of realizing what's in his hands, he's just running his fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Man, how different would the story have been if he had realized it and started using it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ginny probably would have died. Well, because they would have, I think, still lured Ginny and not Draco into the chamber. You know what I mean? I think it would have gone yeah. more, more effectively if Draco was like the agent. How mm. would how would that work, though? Because I thought it was the whole point was the diary was possessing her. Um, that's a good question. I don't, I'm not a magical scientist. Dang it. But I, I just don't think that the diary would like willingly take Draco's life because he is a pureblood. You know what I'm saying? No, I just mm-hmm. meant like using him as the person to go down there and let the basilisk to open and close and reopen the. Maybe, maybe the diary would have just like been like, oh no, and just like stayed blank. <laughs> Been like, pass me along. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> no. See, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but I thought I feel like he would have been stoked to have found someone that would be willingly doing this stuff instead of being possessed. Yeah, I guess that's true. Just the only thing that's tripping me up is that like the end game was to murder Ginny to like take her life force. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was thinking, sorry, I was literally just thinking about the people who were petrified, but yeah, really yeah. the basilisk was trying to kill them. So I've totally bypassed that part. So that's a good point. Okay, There's a lot of it. moving parts here and like, you're good. We're getting through it together. I think, <laughs> I think that Draco would have flipped through the diary and he wouldn't have seen any love poetry by Harry dedicated to him. <laughs> he would have just Ditched given it. up. Yeah, he doesn't want it anymore. That's he wasn't it. obsessed with it right here he was um that's why he stole it is because he's like i hope potter wrote a love poem for me yeah i love, I love that <laughs> i ship harry and draco so hard I-, <laughs> I don't know why i just had a vision of um hey arnold you know helga i don't know are you arnold oh and helga yes, having yes. a little shrine i mean um draco having a little shrine to harry and his oh yeah Slytherin yes. dorm room. That is perfect. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, Coming up with like really, really bad poetry about him. Yeah. <laughs> I love this so much. Someone draw us the shrine. <laughs> draw the shrine that Draco made for Harry. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, okay. So Malfoy and Harry are going back and forth about this diary. Ginny is looking terrified. Okay, so I really think, at, especially at this point, like the like the past couple 
they keep mentioning Ginny in these like small ways. And I think that if I was reading this for the first time as an adult, I would have started clocking those. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would have, even without knowing how it ends, like, I think I would have been like, somebody really needs to check on Ginny because she seems <laughs> inconsolable at all times. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, ne- we never hear her speak, really, in this book. We only see her being upset or sickly or terrified. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that... Um that bitch wrote her in there like all these little pieces so that we could just think that she's just taken by this crush with Harry, um, which is totally true. But at the same time as an adult reading this, I would have recognized that the, the, the wording isn't quite perfect for that. That's you know, like Jenny mm-hmm. was staring terrified. from the diary to Harry looking terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, it's not quite, I feel like she wouldn't look just straight terrified. Yeah. Um, if she was worried about Harry's, I don't know, yeah, like or something. Like yeah. if, she if looked she, like, oh shit, what did yeah, I do? Yeah, and mm-hmm. I him in terrified. It, you know? And then Malfoy implies that Ginny wrote that Valentine for Harry. I mean, do you think she did that? I, I don't know. Kind of, I just well, I don't know. Looking at the words again, I assume that she did because. She covered her face with her hands and ran into class. That's a, a guilty kind of. But what if Draco wrote it and then blamed it on Jenny? My girl. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, because oh. like, um, I mean, fresh pickle toe, like really, like. I thought it started out as like a, or something. It, it started out as like a diss poem and then it turned into a love poem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, really Yeah. <laughs> so much tension. Well, my question is, why the fuck would Ginny write Harry a, a publicly delivered love poem? Mm. Yeah, and plus she's going through so much stuff right now. I'm like, how does she have like the mental like wherewithal to just sit down and write about like pickled toads? I just <laughs> I <laughs> I could I almost killed two people, but let me write this letter from here. <laughs> yeah, I think right now I'm not going to say she doesn't have a crush on Harry, but I think it's like a passive crush on Harry the way that I just kind of always have a crush on Tessa Thompson is the first person that came to mind because I was talking about her in the last episode. Um, but like, I don't think she's like actively crushing on Harry, like in any kind of a day to day way, because of how distracted she is. It's like the least of her worries. So I kind of think Malfoy wrote it. I think he did it yeah. to embarrass Harry. To be mean. Yeah. I mm-hmm. like that because not only did he happen to show up at exactly the right time mm-hmm. and ask out loud what's going on here, but also that last line definitely doesn't sound like something that someone just crushing on someone would write well and and then the the dark lord the dark dark lord Lord part yeah Uh only yeah only the death eaters call him the dark lord oh yeah Mm. but also it rhymes with blackboard so so (laughs) no i mean you have to do it at that point (laughs) he had to fit blackboard in he was around with that (laughs) (laughs) so percy is trying to be the enforcer here and failing at it Uh, he is so self-important he's like the prefect and he's getting laid for the first time in his life (laughs) and he's feeling so self-important but he like can't even get two 12 year olds to listen to him this is it's like he's chris wallace from the debate (gasps) oh my god how dare you (laughs) (laughs) just like Uh, acting like he has any power there and he 
He definitely does not. You're just here because someone has to be here. <laughs> um, so Percy's like, now Malfoy, give Harry that diary bag. Um, but Harry's like, fuck this, and hits him with the Expelliarmus. Um, and the diary goes flying, and Ron catches it. And Percy's like, Harry, now I have to write you up. You guys. Just- yeah, just like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as Harry is finally escaping this scene, he realizes that the book, all of his books are covered in scarlet ink, but the diary looks fine. As in, there is no ink on it. Yeah. Curious. Very, very, very suspicious. (laughs) Why do you guys, I mean, obviously it's because it's a horcrux, I know that, but like, why do you guys think that type of magic would also deflect like regular stuff. Bills, oh, I, yeah. I thought it, I thought it soaked it up. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're right. And then, and then it was like, these aren't words. He's like, what? Like, what is this? <laughs> I think if he had like looked at it, it would have been like literally sponging it in. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. But no one was like really looking at it in this moment. Mm-hmm. So Harry goes to bed early that night um he's had a long hard day <laughs> he opens the diary because he is as i have said before haunted by it literally the same way that bilbo just like low-key pets the ring from time to time like it, there's a lot of parallels here he doesn't really know what to do but he can't do nothing so he just like gets his quill out and he dips it in the ink and a drop of ink falls onto the book and then it disappears so he's like, cool, hell yeah, this is science. He writes, <laughs> my name is Harry Potter. And it answers. And it says, my name is Tom Riddle. Also, hello. Also, how do you have my diary? <laughs> <laughs> the words are like fading away, right? The book's like eating them. It's crazy because this Tom Riddle doesn't know who Harry Potter is, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. But- so trippy. Okay, I might be mixing up the movie and the book, and I'm so sorry about that. But oh, sorry, God. Um, <laughs> later, when like Ghost Boy Tom Riddle in the chamber is telling Harry like how everything happened and how he planned everything and whatever, he mm-hmm. says, "Okay, this is definitely from the movie." But he says um, that he was like excited or surprised or like. What is the word that mentioned him? No, that Harry, that he ends up realizing that Harry is the one who has the book. Like as soon as Harry writes his name in there, Harry Potter. Oh Oh, yeah. He's like, I, when I realized it was you or whatever, Uh uh I gotcha. uh But I don't remember. I I I don't have that memory from the book. I think it's a movie memory. You're having a movie memory. I need to like make a sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) And was that part of it? Um, where, because, you know, Jenny used to talk about Harry in the diary. Oh, yeah. yes. Or am I making that up? I think that's I think right. that's true. Well, because okay. if you if she just got a diary and she got it on the day when, at, at Flourish and Blots when her dad mm-hmm. gets into a fight with Lucia, she wrote a long entry that first night mm-hmm. about everything that had happened. And it was so embarrassing because the love of my life, Harry Potter, was there. She was feeling a lot of things, you know. I get it. Her dad got into a fight in the bookstore in front of Gilroy Lockhart. The newspaper oh took God. pictures. This just brought back. I'm. Ha- is this post traumatic stress? I don't know. <laughs> like, um, just something that you just said reminded me of when I was like from the age of ten to sixteen. 
I had a crush on my cousin's best friend, Nathan. And I used to write about him in my diary and I'd be like, oh my gosh, Nathan looked at me today. We locked eyes. I know that he feels the same way that I feel. And um, when I was 16, um, I actually told him that I liked him, whatever. We dated until I was 18. And at some oh. point during our relationship, he told me that him and my cousin found and read my diary before we before we dated. And they <sighs> buried it in my great-grandmother's backyard. <laughs> That's a weird so, response. Like, <laughs> that's a weird response. Like, I, I don't know what to do with this. I want to dig up the yard to see if I can find it, but then I also don't want to because I don't want to read. Because oh I read some stuff from my diaries from the past and I screamed. Like I was just sitting there screaming and reading. Like, what did oh you God. do when like one day you couldn't find your diary? Were you like scared? Uh, we moved so many times. Oh, that, okay. Yeah. You're but I like guess I left it. it. I used to live with my great grandmother, and I guess mm-hmm. I left it there one day, and they found mm-hmm. it, read it, and buried it. Like wow. I don't even know how to feel about that. But yeah, oh. sorry. I, I know how to feel about that. I know how to feel about that. Betrayed. Our official stance <laughs> on this podcast is that that's betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. That's so funny and like such a wholesome memory. I love that. It's terrible. <laughs> Did you guys keep diaries when when you were younger? I kept one religiously. Yeah. I would always start one usually because I got a pretty one for like Christmas or something like that. And then all of them have like maybe a month's worth of writing in them. And then they just stop. Same. That's me with planners now. Like I buy a planner every Uh, single year and up until like maybe March, I'm doing really well. But then I'll get to like November and I look back and I only got to March. Well, especially in 2020. This year, that's understandable for sure. Yeah. (laughs) I recently guested on a podcast called It Took Everybody by Surprise. The entire premise of the podcast is people reading from their planners all of their canceled plans from like March and April. Oh. And it was wow. very traumatizing. Back that back then I was like planning on getting married and having like a nice wedding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was reading all these like wedding things aloud. Like I had like dress dress shopping things and like other friends were getting married and stuff. It's a wedding heavy year. I did get married in June. Very interesting concept for a podcast. I recommend yeah. listening um, for some yeah. reflection and some perspective. Hmm. Um, what the fuck were you talking about? Oh, yeah. So I didn't really keep a diary when I was a kid, but um, I, I had like more like 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 notebooks. Um, I wouldn't like write in them in any kind of like methodic way. Like I wouldn't like write what had happened in my day unless I was like deep in my feelings. And then I would write like 30 pages about how elizabeth betrayed me <laughs> did you read it man no i don't think anyone ever read it well because it looked like a school notebook and the, and yeah. you would open it to a random page and like maybe there's math on that page and then you're yeah. just like oh no and i've also always like been a creative writer so like i've always been the kind of person to sit in class and be like i am taking notes but i'm really working on my novel or whatever what a nerd oh for sure <laughs> Okay, what happens next? So they're talking, they're writing back and forth. They're basically pen pals, I guess you could say, or they're yeah. I, or are they IMing? Hmm. The M and IM is for magic. Oh, <laughs> instant magicking. <laughs> instant magicking. So Harry asks Tom about the Chamber of Secrets, and it turns out that Tom caught the person who opened the Chamber 50 years ago, brag. But not the monster. So he's like, I didn't catch the monster, but I caught the guy, basically. And Harry's like, who did it? Because it's happening again. This is a conveniently incredible coincidence that I'm having this conversation with you at this moment. Tom Riddle says, 
come along and let me show you. So the diary pages begin to blow as if caught in a breeze, and it opens to June. June 13th, the square turns into a tiny TV screen. <laughs> hi, Jason. Tell him I say hi. Oh, no! No! Jason spilled wine on the book! Mary, it's not soaking it in. It's soaking in. It's turning into words, guys. <laughs> the words are already there. Just wipe it off. Red, red wine wipes off, okay? Yeah, how do you know that, Christina? I remember <laughs> that one day that I spilled it directly on my white tablecloth on live on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry that happened to your book. Oh my god, stop bringing your puppy. I can't puppy. focus with the puppy in the shot, dude. <laughs> oh I like, literally cannot. He wants to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. He's definitely a Gryffindor because he is mm. just an idiot. <laughs> right, bye-bye. Okay, done. Good. Yeah, so this whole scene, the flipping of the pages and, like, the little television screen, this strikes me as, like, so, like, campy for Harry Potter. Yeah, mm. I agree. It seems totally. pretty over the top. The yeah, drama. I feel like most situations where stuff like this happens, where they go back in a memory or they're otherwise transported to a different uh, place or time, it just sort of happens. Or it's like they're going through kind of like a void and then it happens like this, looking at the the um, page and seeing almost like a TV screen and then falling into it. Yeah. Almost as animated. It's, it's, yeah, it strikes me as something from like Doctor Who or something. Just yeah, really like sci-fi. silly. Yeah, it is. It's like, well, I think because like, it's just like such a portal. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the other travely things in Harry Potter aren't, like, straight-up portals in that way. Right. I feel like portal is, like, sci-fi yeah. version of travel like that. Why does it do, like, the TV screen thing? Or is that just, like, Harry's shitty description of being able to look through it onto a scene, I guess? Yeah, I think it's... I imagined it was just, like, kind of like a square rectangle shape that you can yeah. see a scene happening. And it's too small for him to tell really what's going on in it, but... I gotcha. And that's why he shoves his eye into the book. Yeah, right. Um, So he, yeah, he tries to look inside. He gets tilted into the square. He goes back in time or, or like into a memory. It's like Mary Poppins. I keep on talking about other stuff, but Mary Poppins when they jump into the, yes, jump into the painting. Yeah. Which I loved as a kid. I love that part. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I definitely um, attempted that a couple of times. Oh my it god, me too! It doesn't work. It did not work, no. <laughs> oh my god, you just got gave a me like, such a visceral a memory. <laughs> I mean, really, like, didn't you try to do like all the cool shit you saw in movies? Like, yes. after you watched Matilda, didn't you? Matilda, kind of... I tried to zoom things around. I'm still trying that. To yeah, be still trying. It, yeah, totally work. true. And I feel like um, a lot of the stuff that I loved was things like Harry Potter, where it's like a very normal childhood or even a terrible childhood where they just happen to push in a wall or happen to do some sort of weird thing one day. Because it's like magic can be anywhere. Yeah, and then it just sort of opens up or unlocks something. So I feel like as a kid, I would try these weird... It's hard to even describe, but like try to like push on this certain brick or like yeah. tap yeah. this three times. And of course, none of that works. <laughs> like, I wonder how close I got to actually it working one time. <laughs> one thing I remember, this is like tangenting farther away from what we're actually talking about but when i was really little i used to watch um little bear right oh yeah 
And he has little bear has a human friend named like Emily or like Emily Jane or something. And anytime they go to the lake, she just takes her dress off and there's a bathing suit underneath. <laughs> and I was like, that's so practical. So I started yeah. trying to wear a bathing suit under my clothes every day, even though I lived in the middle of Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> and my mom started noticing because I was like five and she was like, what are you doing? <laughs> that is so precious. Oh, uh, okay. So he lands in Dumbledore's office, but it's not, right? It's Dippet's office, the headmaster before Dumbledore. Armando yes. Dippet, who, frankly, we hear about him a lot throughout this series, but like we don't get to learn a lot. And I would just love to learn some more about Armando Dippet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems like at this point, he's like, on the out, you know, like he is, she just describes him as frail. And he says enter in a feeble voice yeah like, do you he, become hogwarts headmaster for life like the i would think court? So. Yeah. <laughs> um but it seems like because like dumbledore is supposed to be incredibly old but she but never describes him that way right yeah he's strong until stuff starts happening to him right okay so there's a person right armando dippet is in his office and harry's like oh my god i'm so sorry i just fell out of the sky this is so weird i like i'm totally invading your privacy i'll just leave (laughs) he's so polite for having gone through this whole in a diary he's a good british boy ended up in front of a stranger in a strange place or so far a strange place but like he just says i'm sorry i didn't mean to butt in uh, I'll just go, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> so good. So polite, so awkward. Mm-hmm. But the wizard can't hear him or see him at all. And soon Tom Riddle comes into the room and him and Dippet start talking. We are listening. He has requested to stay at the school over the summer because he's an orphan and he goes home during the summer to a muggle orphanage and he hates it, um, as we totally learn more about later. Um, so, but they won't let him stay at the school over the summer, mostly just because of the Chamber of Secret attacks. Um, Dippet is like, you know, under different circumstances, we might have been able to figure something out. So then Tom Riddle is like, well, if the person was caught, do you think that things would be different? And Dippet's like, okay, well, why are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, Riddle's like, like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I feel like I would definitely, it, it would definitely raise a red flag for Dippet. If yeah. he had said that, and then Riddle asked that immediately, and then immediately went to go catch the person who opened the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, yeah. Right. Definitely, um, I guess that when I was reading this chapter, I was mostly disappointed in Harry for missing these signals, but I guess I should also be disappointed in Dippet, the old seasoned Dippet. headmaster. Dippet is like any adult in any cartoon that's centered around kids. Like the Rugrats. How did they get into so much stuff? <laughs> you need to get a better Without- playpen. <laughs> just, <laughs> they just ignore everything. Yeah. I mean, they do say that, well, Riddle says, so it's probably not true. I don't know. But they said that they end up after... Hagrid is caught. They end up telling everyone that it was just a freak accident that killed the girl that died. So I have a feeling that he maybe he even knew, but maybe he's got a little bit of that Cornelius Fudge streak where he'd rather Ugh. just keep everything quiet and settled. And like mm. now that the problem is technically solved, coronavirus uh, is barely even hurting anyone who matters. Right, right. <laughs> oh uh, my god. So, yeah, Tom gets dismissed, and so he leaves. He stops in the hallway and is like, think, 
think thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Visibly thinking. (laughs) I was thinking about my brother who, when he was little, he would always tap his nose really hard when he was thinking. He'd be like, hmm, tap, tap, (laughs) tap. I'm sure he saw that in like a movie or something. (laughs) It sounds like something he would see in a movie. No, he was like so little. I think he literally just like got confused about where on your face you're supposed to tap. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Um, yeah, so then he sets off as if on a mission. It's interesting because we're not, like, in this very scene, we're not in the protagonist's head, right? We're, like, just following the protagonist of the scene, like, the action character. So we we see what's happening, but, like, we don't understand anything, which leads to our eventual, like, total misunderstanding of the whole situation, which is, like, so interesting. This whole setup of this memory is definitely connecting... Like, I think Tom specifically knows, no, because he doesn't know Harry Potter yet, but this scene definitely connects him more to Harry. Like, there's multiple things in this scene that make Harry, whether he knows it or not, more empathetic towards him. You know, the fact that he's coming from an orphanage, that he's... Yeah, that raises a good question of why did Tom Riddle even show him that part of the scene in Dippet's office? I, I mean, I think that he just is trying to put up a facade for whoever is reading it. Whoever he's trying to convince that he's the good guy. But Tom Riddle is so much smarter than Harry, truly. Like, and wouldn't you think that like that scene of you considering whether or not to go like get the bad guy, like doesn't that seem make you seem guilty or nefarious in some way? You would think. That's true. (laughs) Hmm. Tom fucking Riddle. Such a mystery. (laughs) He's a riddle. It's so hard to read these it's so hard to read these scenes and imagine them as the first time reading them where you really don't know that it's yeah. Voldemort. It is, it is impossible to yeah. think of it because the name Tom Riddle is just so me. strong in your mind. Yeah. Tom Marvolo Riddle. Tom. Yeah, that's why you when you got to talking earlier about how as an adult looking at it, we'd be like, oh, well, shouldn't someone check on Jenny? I don't know if I would have. Like, if I had come to this as an adult reading it for the very first time instead of as an adult rereading it for, like, the 50th time, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have picked up on the Jenny mm-hmm. stuff. Interesting. Well, they do only, I mean, she only includes, like, one line every three chapters. Like, mm-hmm. it's really it's, easy it's to miss. sprinkled. Yeah, sprinkled. So, in the hallway, Tom Riddle meets Dumbledore, who is described as, quote, 50 years younger, but there's absolutely no further detail, and I feel a little screwed out of, like, some, like, what did he look like 50 years ago if he's, like, 150 years old? Did he look 100, old? or did he look like Jute Law? Because yeah, Jute exactly. Law is a different version, like, the, the movie version of Dumbledore 50 years ago looks very different. I was upset when they cast Jude Law as Dumbledore, because I'm like, I'm not supposed to feel this way about him. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, it's supposed to be sexy. <laughs> we were talking about this in the last episode, and, like, we we kind of daydreamed about an Anderson Cooper Dumbledore. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I just didn't like that... Like in here, they describe him as um, a tall wizard with long, sweeping auburn hair and a beard. And in the movies, he's just regular old, old as fuck Dumbledore. Well, plus, I feel like Jude Law is always clean cut Mm -hmm. in anything we've seen. He's just like that type of guy that you see as clean cut. So it's hard to imagine him as someone even younger, even with a groomed beard. You know, like it's just hard to imagine him that way. It was terrible casting in the Fantastic Beasts movies. I really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
Dumbledore doesn't really do anything. He's just like, hey. Just so we can, like, get a glimpse of Dumbledore. Tom goes straight to the dungeons. He goes to Snape's classroom, um, to be exact. And he hides there, watching the hallway for quite some time. And then eventually someone is creeping through the dungeons outside the classroom. And it's Hagrid. And Tom Riddle, quote, catches, air quotes, catches um Hagrid in the act of engaging with the monster which has like pincers and legs and we don't know what it is and it scurries away Mm -hmm. yeah I don't have a lot of notes for this because it's kind of just like damn damn oh damn oh oh god okay all right well this incident ruined Hagrid's life but okay actually like I when I was reading it earlier today I was thinking because you know Tom kept saying like he was, where was it? Um, like the way that he was talking to Hagrid, it made me wonder, was he trying to do some like witchy woo-woo stuff to get Hagrid to believe that he was the one that did it? Because Tom knows that he wasn't the one that, um, yeah. that Hagrid wasn't responsible for Myrtle dying. So I was wondering if he was trying mm-hmm. to, not not um, imperious or anything like that, because that wouldn't, I mean, I'm assuming that Harry would have seen that. Maybe but, some, um, like, Legilimens adjacent. Yeah, like, trying to... But it wouldn't work on Hagrid because he's, you know, half-giant or whatever. Yeah, the, the same the same saying, way that it takes, like, five stunning spells to bring him down. It yeah. probably takes more of any kind of magic to affect Hagrid. It was like a... And, oh, God, I keep on making, like, parallels to other things, but... I'm also a Twihard, so... Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> no, in Twilight... <laughs> in Twilight, you know, when... when um When... Not Cedric. Wow. When Edward, <laughs> close enough. I prefer Edward is close enough. When Edward was trying to convince Bella that she didn't see what she thought she saw, when he stopped the van from crushing her or whatever, he was like, "No, this is what happened." Like, oh my weird. god! Like, I wonder if that's what he was trying to do with Hagrid. Like, no, like you gaslighting. Release the yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna say it's it just like he's such a manipulative person, even from when he was younger. He's just used to that and he's having to hide some really awful things that he's doing. So I think he's just used to always having that facade up and yeah. convincing other people, even if it's only just one person who he knows is going to get in trouble anyways. Yeah. He still is constantly convincing him that he's in the right, that he couldn't yeah. have done like that, but he, but that Hagrid's in trouble for it. And I'm trying to think, like, or when we see Dumbledore going back into Slughorn's memories mm-hmm. and Tom Riddle was saying, I can make people hurt if I want. Did he say anything about being able to make people do things? I don't think so, but I don't think it's don't like that far away from what he talks about doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, There is like that one thing, one of like the greatest mysteries of this whole series is like, they always talk about that thing in the cave, that thing that happened to the other orphans in the cave. And it's like, he, like, got these kids into this cave that you basically can't get to. And, like, they were both traumatized and, like, no one, they never tell us what happened, really. Yeah. So, like, maybe some, maybe he was, like, practicing mm-hmm. mind yikes. control. Yeah. Yeah, big fucking yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of that, like, uh, when we go back to when Harry saw the 50-year younger Dumbledore he gave Riddle exactly the kind of penetrating stare Harry knew so well. Like, it's like Dumbledore knew at that moment, like, he probably had suspicions about Riddle 
and what was going on, but he just like Dumbledore didn't do anything about it. And I wonder if he if he has legitimate skills at this time and can see right into Tom Riddle's head and is like, yeah. "Oh, you're e- evil. You're a sociopath." Yeah. I think she's. Uh, yeah, I think she's trying to make that connection here. You know, I, I know in the last episode you guys talked about why Dumbledore would have asked him, "Is there anything that you want to tell me?" Yeah. And Harry says no. Um, and then in this memory, who's the old dippet? asks riddle like um riddle do you mean you know something about these attacks no sir said riddle quickly but harry was sure it was the same sort of no that he himself had given dumbledore Mm -hmm. and i know that that's a different headmaster obviously but i do think that she's trying to make this connection between them whether that's for us to assume that harry is connected to this person and possibly the heir of slytherin or whether that's because harry is gonna spiral with this stuff and start mm-hmm. assuming, like, seeing these similarities and then assuming that he might be the heir of Slytherin. Yeah. The crazy thing is that Harry is so ready to make a lot of wrong assumptions, and he almost never makes, like, the right assumption. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's so willing to be like, it was Draco, Draco did it, he's an asshole, I hate him, he did it, but, like, in this situation, I'd be like, I'm gonna assume that the stalking diary is not being honest with me. <laughs> he just, he believed it, so he was like, it was Hagrid, run. <laughs> Hagrid opened the chamber 50 years ago, right? And it just sucks because, yeah. like, I know that, I know that, like, Hagrid is older than Harry, and obviously there's a lot of things about Hagrid that Harry doesn't know, but, like, you're supposed to be able to trust your friends to, like, yeah. have your back and, like, ask you first, you know, before, like, jumping to assumptions. Yeah. And he's just like, it was Hagrid. Yeah, like, if I heard that you, Grace, had opened the chamber of secrets, like, I would come to you first and be like, Grace, is this true? My God, I would tell you, Christina, not only did I open it, I closed it and I opened it again <laughs> and I closed it. You've always yeah. been so thorough. I, I totally agree. I mean, I just feel like they owe Hagrid that much. At least Harry owes Hagrid that much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, at, up to this point, I know we're only in book two, but I just feel like they have such a particularly special bond i mean hagrid's the one who like brought him to hogwarts like you know what i mean like i'm just like you can't you can't just like ask him really yeah and hagrid gave harry that scrapbook at the end of last year with all of harry's family and his parents and friends and stuff in it so like obviously hagrid knew this he doesn't know about the order of the phoenix yet even though i think we all know that that's like what these photos came from but like obviously haggard like knew your parent i don't know if they trusted him if you know and dumbledore trusts him like why not just trust him why not ask anyone any questions ask anyone any <laughs> ever yeah haggard was the one that saved him from the rubble like i mean yeah. harry doesn't know that but he was the one that saved him from you know yeah. when his parents got killed and we know that because harry, one of the yeah. first things we saw in this book was haggard like weeping yeah. over harry's infant body leaving him it's true yeah, yeah it is a, a, a janky ass diary over his friend yeah, yeah i don't like it yes. <laughs> to, to be fair i don't think they i don't think they believe that he did it on purpose or with any evil intent uh, yeah. because they they say um that i literally just read the first line of the next chapter just because i like doing that that's so funny um, i didn't yeah. do that at all i didn't and do says, that i'm gonna do it right now i'll do it for you it says Harry, Ron, and Hermione had always known that Hagrid had an unfortunate liking for large and monstrous creatures. Fucking it. So I think, you know, as soon as he brought that news to them, they were all like, 
it kind of makes sense that he would just fuck something up with a I mean, giant creature. You know what? You're kind of right. After the whole right. Norbert debacle, I could see that. Um, yeah, I could totally see him, even if he did know that Aragog had killed a student, that he would be like, oh, man, now I have to really protect you because now everyone's going to be really pissed at you. Yeah. And he would be really concerned with that creature. Yeah, he didn't mean he didn't mean to do it. <laughs> yeah. So instead of asking questions, Harry immediately comes out of the memory and is like, Ron Haggard opened the Chamber of Secrets. This is no uncertain terms. I have no doubts in my mind. This is what we this is what we're working with now. I mean, to be fair, it is his first I mean, isn't this for his first instance of falling into someone's memory? <laughs> first yes. of many. So mm-hmm. even though and and as an adult, even in the muggle world, you learn how fickle memory can be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just in the muggle world where you can just like convince yourself of shit and that's it. You know, like in the magical world, you can literally change memories yeah. of yourself and of other people. And I think when he sees a memory, he thinks that's a that's a that's type of history that no one could have messed with. with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But but wait, but I still maintain that even if this memory hasn't been tampered with, there are still a lot of loose ends. <laughs> Like right. that, mm-hmm. like that obvious conflict that Tom Riddle had in the hallway. I imagine him just like pacing me. his lip. Yeah, just like, hmm, God, well, I don't know. Oh, gosh, the pros and cons to what I'm about okay. to do. <laughs> I, I don't want to go back to the muggle world, but also mm, somebody else might get killed. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> but also just like, is the conclusion we're supposed to draw here that Hagrid is the heir of Slytherin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I guess that doesn't feel right. <laughs> doesn't seem right. Well, the the crazy thing is that like we know now that like the heir of Slytherin is not the same person who is opening the Chamber of Secrets, right? They are like the heir of Slytherin is like finding hosts, but the way this whole book is presented, it's like we're looking for like an active current heir of Slytherin, like Malfoy would yes. be, you yeah. know? Yeah. Basically, I just think Harry could be doing so much more in this book than he is. And also, <laughs> somehow, at the same time, so much less. Yes. Like, stop walking around by yourself. Yeah. You're always getting into trouble. Don't pick up the weird things off the floor. But also, <laughs> ask some questions. Tell people what you know. Get to the bottom of this. Yeah, stop saying no when Dumbledore asks you if there's anything you'd like to share. Yeah. He doesn't know yet that some grown-ups are okay. Mm, that's, that's true. true. Like, um, do I need to have a conversation with my son? <laughs> like, if, if a book just opens, even if you're in a magical world, if a book opens up and this random, like, one, why did he even say my name is Harry Potter? Like, was he expecting for someone to say something back to him when he wrote mm. it in the diary? Probably. But, He's probably like, I'm famous. You might have heard of me. <laughs> yeah, diary. But let, I'm, I'm just imagining I'm sitting here writing into a diary and the diary's writing back to me. And then it says, yeah, that, that, mystery that you've been working mm-hmm. on for the past however many months i can tell you about it. just come on in here stranger danger I, I would have at least gone to get hermione or run be like you guys come with me like i don't want to do this by myself just i think you did it by accident like, okay <laughs> i think you fell in by accident same thing with the pensieve i think he just falls in by accident that's a klutz stop cooking magical stuff that's a good point. Oh, yeah, though. Yeah, like yeah, good point, Hermione, yeah. if he's nervous about telling any adults, 
about these things. Like Hermione is like having a responsible adult without having to worry about getting in trouble for it. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I always tell Hermione. I don't think she ever tells, oh, except for the firebolt. That's like the one time she betrays him. Oh, yeah. Mm. But that was for his like s- like him. mortal he safety. Like, yeah. yeah. Yes. I mean, I think we all agree she was kind of right. Yeah. She always is. At least. She always. Always. Cool. So that's the end of the chapter. Is there anything that we skipped, or anything that you all want to talk some more about? Okay, great. <laughs> I hope uh, you leave that, that awkward silence in there. Me too. Actually, if you I could drag do. it out longer, that would be good. <laughs> I always leave the awkward silences in. <laughs> oh, well, there was, I don't know, just rereading the series after I read The Deathly Hallows. But I don't know, reading, and they were only in like one little line. It was Fred and George when they were, you know, singing that um, eyes as green as a freshly pickled toad thing. <laughs> Like every yeah. single time I read Fred and George's name now after reading The Deathly Hallows, it's like a punch in the gut because oh. I, I'm just like, oh, there's no Fred and George anymore. It hurts. Um, it hurts. Just, yeah. How dare you? <laughs> Same with Hedwig. Yeah. Stop. Oh my God, you guys. And Remus and Tox. I was just about to say, I was like, I was reading some like cartoon on Instagram about Tonks and Lupin today and I was just like it doesn't <sighs> matter if they fell in love because and they made this 17 year old kid a godfather and that's not good enough for this baby <laughs> <laughs> my son uh my son actually he turns 10 tomorrow uh-huh. and I've been happy birthday I've, oh they said happy birthday but uh <laughs> Um, he, I've been introducing him to Harry Potter. That's why I've been, well, I've been buying the illustrated versions for myself. Let's be honest. He hasn't read all of them, but he accidentally watched part of the Deathly Hallows part, whichever part Dobby dies in. Oh, and uh, when he saw Dobby die. Now he hates Harry Potter. Oh. He's just like, why did no, why Dobby? Yeah. But I mean, I get that at that point. That's he's gonna tough. have to get over it by next year because um, I told him he's having a Hogwarts party for his uh, 11th birthday. Nice. Um, it and all that stuff, but yeah. <laughs> well, you have to. He has to. He has no choice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Well, are y'all ready to move on to some plugs? Show. Grace, do you want to go first since you were sound semi- what, 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 since you get sure. such, such a strong answer? <laughs> I will go first. I'm happy to go first. Um, today, I'm going to plug a bread pudding recipe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I recently made with leftover challah bread um, a peach bread pudding. That was truly one of the most delicious desserts I've ever made in my whole life or eaten in my whole life. And so I just want to share it with everyone. It's really good. And it was so easy to make. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I want everyone to experience this delicious bread pudding. And you make a lot of desserts, so that's like a high. It, that's a great point. I do make a lot of desserts, and this is like top, top on that wow. list. So, Hell yeah. Do you have a picture? Can we slap it in our Instagram story? Um, oh, I, well, can get you, I can get you a picture. I can get okay. you a picture. <laughs> I can't wait till you make one for me. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'll trade you bread pudding for like puppy pets. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I can use that as a bartering tool now for everything. Oh. 
<laughs> totally. <laughs> Mary Payton, how about you? Um, I recommend getting a puppy. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I have been rereading because I've just been in the mood to just reread some like good childhood stuff. So I've been rereading the His Dark Materials series, or um, the first one is The Golden Compass. They did make a movie out of that. In case you've seen it, please do not base your judgments on that movie. Uh. There were some good parts, but mostly it was terrible. Um, (laughs) But the books are just so good. Philip Pullman is just such an excellent writer, and it pulls you in just like Harry Potter does. It's very different from Harry Potter. Even as a grown-up rereading it, definitely you know, still get pulled in the same way and have to, you know, I'm staying up late to finish chapters, even though I know the story. So (laughs) highly recommended The Golden Compass or His Dark Materials series as a trilogy by Philip Pullman. Have you watched the show on Amazon Prime? No, I've heard it. I've heard it's good. Have you seen it? I started watching it and so far it's a lot better than the the movie that won't be discussed. I saw that Lin-Manuel Miranda is in it. Oh. I haven't gotten it yet. I haven't gotten that far, but yeah. I think that like a lot of sci-fi fantasy books make better shows than movies because yeah. I mean, because you have to like really spend time with the world building in a way mm-hmm. that you don't for like, for like contemporary fiction. Yeah, so, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. So my Twitter is just my regular Twitter crook. Well, it's just crook MP, <laughs> but that's not an exciting one. My Instagram is Richmond Reads where I try to post, you know, book news, um, especially to my stories, and specifically book news in Virginia or Richmond. So follow me there. Hell yeah. Tiffany, your turn. Okay, so something that I enjoyed. Actually, today I got a a gift box that I was not expecting. UPS dropped it off, and I was like, I don't remember ordering anything from this place. I had no clue what it was. It's cursed. it's curse. <laughs> I was a little bit worried about opening it up, but yeah. Uh, so I opened it up and it was actually from, she's not a client exactly, but there's a content marketing or content creation agency that I'm going to be working with. And she sent me a welcome gift for, you know, joining the team. And it's from a company called the Box Box. They do customized and personalized gift boxes where you can choose things. And like the box was super, I just love pretty things and things that are Uh really well put together and they have all these little nice details so yeah that one was really cool it had um like this but first coffee it looks like a coffee like starbucks but it's actually caffeinated gummy bears (gasps) what yeah and then it also had a little purse with like some earbuds and a little thing to pop your phone on and um oh my god a whole, whole bunch of little techie things and also some lavender sage hand cream. Holy and crap, like, that's like really a swag cool. bag. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's in a really cute box that's really sturdy. So I'm actually going to throw some of my son's Christmas gifts in there. And then after that, I'm going to use it to store my tarot cards or something like that, my crystals, something like that. But it's called the Box Fox. And as far as myself, like I, I go by Single Mommy Warrior. That's my website and my Instagram. But I really want people to follow me on my new Instagram uh, channel. It's called All Aboard the Woo Woo Train. <laughs> um, and it's, Please explain. <laughs> yeah, so I was raised Christian, um, but I've been exploring um, a lot of different things like crystal healing, sound healing, um, tarot decks, oracle decks, and all that stuff. And so that page is just where I'm exploring all types of things, n- nature magic. I'm not a witch, but um, 
I'm just exploring. Witch adjacent. I, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm woo which I'm, I'm woo woo and witch adjacent. So I'm just <laughs> um, exploring a lot of different things. And um, yeah, you guys, this is actually the first time that I'm putting it out there for so many people. I've told a couple of my friends because I don't want to be, you know, called a witch bitch or <laughs> Satan's mistress. <laughs> Uh, that would be an honor. That's an honor. Yes. That's <laughs> that's like anybody that actually knows me knows that I'm not about to be out here summoning demons or anything like that. I don't even like looking at cemeteries when I'm driving by them. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so my my Instagram is called All Aboard the Woo Woo Train. Nice. Hell yeah. So I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Tina Fontina. And this week I'm going to plug an artist that I discovered on Instagram, Grace Mary Payton. I sent you a link to her account today because I was so blown away by it. Their name is Floor and their handle is art underscore by Floor on Instagram. They post exclusively Harry Potter fan art. They do a lot of art with like the later generation of Hogwarts, like Ron, Harry, Hermione, Ginny, and Draco's kids. And I love it in their headcanon. Um, Scorpius Malfoy and Albus Potter are in love, and I love it so much. <laughs> I just, I love it so much. You gotta check it out. There's one picture of Draco Malfoy holding his baby under his coat because it's cold outside. It's so cute. <laughs> Please go check it out. All right. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much for being here today. It was so good having you on. I hope you had fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is actually just the first. Um, I actually hate my voice. And so <laughs> Not relatable. <laughs> I was really worried about coming on here. I was like, what if I forget everything? And what I just sound like a man and da da da. But yeah, it was fun. <laughs> Nothing has made me more okay with the sound of my own voice than deciding to start and edit my own podcast. I'm so used to it now. Completely <laughs> desensitized. Well, thanks everyone and have a very good week and get out of my diary. The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Technical support from Sean Watson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at restrictedsectionpod or shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. And here's a story about my obsession with Harry Potter. When I was in college, I've never been diagnosed with hypochondria, but I'm pretty sure I have it, which is really ironic. Like <laughs> the person with <laughs> hypochondria thinking they have hypochondria, but yeah. Are you a reliable so, narrator in this? I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> but when I was in college, um, I thought I was dying one weekend. Like I really thought I was dying. Like I need to write out my will. My brothers can have this and whatever. Oh but God. I remember praying to God back when I actually used to still pray, asking him to let me live until the Deathly Hallows came out. <laughs> you can take me after that, but <laughs> please just just let me survive until the last book comes out. Yeah. I respect but, your uh, priorities. You don't <laughs> think you don't think they'd have de- Deathly Hallows in heaven? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, girl, I know you missed this book when you were on Earth, so here it is. Okay, here you go. I did you a favor. <laughs> I wonder if when I die in 50 years, 70 years, if they will have the winds of winter in heaven, even though George R. R. Martin never managed to write it in real life. Like, will, will 
in my heaven, there has to be like the floor to ceiling books, like uh the 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 Beauty, Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah that's like mm-hmm. book. That's library goals for me. 